Hi, everybody. Welcome to the brand new Semtech podcast, The One Network Show. I am Rémi Laurent, director of LoRaWAN Networks at Semtech and chairman of the Laura Alliance LoRaWAN Operator Community. I am very excited for this first episode of this insightful journey interviewing LoRaWAN on public network operators and LoRaWAN experts across the globe. Today, that's a great day. We are honored to feature Connexin, LoRaWAN operator in the UK, represented by Ralph Varco, Chief Growth Officer and Managing Director IoT at Connexin. Ralph, please introduce yourself. Welcome. Let us know your company, your project, and tell the audience what makes Connexin unique in the IoT space. Well, what an intro. Thank you very much, Remy. It's amazing to be here um, on this first episode of this brand new podcast. So thank you. And um, that intro, uh, you know, you, you, you say what uh, my title is. Um, it's got uh, quite a lot of words in it. And basically, I'm the chief growth officer. So essentially anything to do with sales and marketing uh, and partnerships and development of the business for Connexin. Um, there are two bits of Connexin. Um, the first part is telecoms. Uh, so we in the UK, we're an altnet. So we are digging and laying our own fiber. We're connecting up uh, many thousands of homes to give them uh, very fast, great uh, internet, great broadband, uh, full fiber. And we're connecting up uh, businesses as well with telecom services um, and, uh, and the sort of services that go around that. Um, the other half of the business is the IoT business. And that's where I'm also wearing a second hat um, as the MD of that IoT business unit. Um, and that's the bit that we're going to be talking about today. But the two elements are very closely linked. Um, you know, with the uh, fiber part of our business, we're connecting individuals, we're connecting communities with the uh, greatest speed of broadband that you could hope for. And on the IoT side of the business, we're connecting um, devices, things, we're pulling data from the outside world, from sensors and meters and cameras, and we're bringing all of that data into the center, into a platform, enabling that to be aggregated with data that companies already have, so that that can be turned into insight, that insight to intelligence, and then that can drive outcomes. So it's all about connecting individuals uh, with each other, with their communities, uh, and with the organizations that they represent or the councils that uh, are looking after them in, in the various different areas of the country. Um, and uh, that is what our mission is, to make sure that we're connecting the digital world with the physical and real world uh, for better outcomes for people. Very interesting. Interesting to know that in IoT, LoRaWAN public operators are changing uh, the game. Uh, it's not only connectivity, you are climbing up the value chain. Could you share what type of LoRaWAN public networks you are deploying in the UK or maybe where you are deploying in the UK? Yeah, I mean, we have a, uh, an ambition to be a national LoRaWAN network. Um, it's stated, it's publicly stated on our website. You know, if you look at the, 
the market in any country and you say, who are the operators for mobile? And you can easily, in the UK, you can go, oh, well, that's Vodafone or it's O2 or it's 3 or, or uh, EE. Um, but you can't do the same when it comes to the LoRaWAN networks. Uh, if you say, who is the LoRaWAN network provider in the UK? Um, you're going to look at it and go, well, it's, it's, it's actually a bit of a fragmented market. Um, you have hobbyists that are um, connecting devices and gateways uh, through uh, to, to run proofs of concept and to develop new technology. Um, and then you have uh, lots of proofs of concept within councils and uh, companies uh, all over the place. Um, and it's not very well uh, joined up. So one of the things that we are doing is saying, well, actually, you want to have an enterprise-grade LoRaWAN network. Um, it's fine to be a hobbyist and not to mind that much whether or not data packets get through and you know, the integrity of it and the security. Um, but actually, if you're a community, uh, if you're a business, if you're a council, a health authority or a water utility, you need to make sure that that network is going to be safe and secure, that the packets are going to be delivered when they say they're going to be delivered, so that you've got real-time information uh, that's coming through into the platform. So we are working with uh, a number of councils, uh, water utilities, um, health organizations uh, to roll out the network uh, for them to enable that data transfer to be done uh, in uh, real time, safely and securely. Um, we're building out on the basis of where we're um, seeing customer success. So to give you some example, we as an organization uh, of Connexin, we were born and bred in Hull. Um, Hull is in Yorkshire, uh, across from the East Coast, or very close to the East Coast, on the Humber Estuary. Um, and we are therefore um, very close with Hull City Council. Um, in fact, the first smart project that we put in place uh, quite a number of years ago now was with Hull City Council, where we looked at everything from the network uh, through to the platform to enable Hull to become a smarter environment. So we have a, a, a LoRaWAN network in Hull. We have a LoRaWAN network deployment in Sheffield, uh, where we are supporting Amy, who um, effectively does the, uh, the bin and the street cleaning on behalf of Sheffield um, City Council. Um, and we have therefore put a, a, an extensive LoRaWAN network in place to enable sensors in bins to communicate uh, and actually make Amy more intelligent about how they are um, putting trucks out on the street and uh, emptying the bins at the right time so that the, the streets are always clean and that the residents uh, love where they live because there isn't rubbish all over the place. So there's a huge uh, LoRaWAN network that we've deployed there. And, and I could go on and give you lots of examples. Um, perhaps one of them I'd say is we're currently rolling out a LoRaWAN network uh, in Coventry and across areas within uh, Warwickshire because we've had a, uh, a significant win uh, in that area just recently. So um, we are picking off areas where we know there's a, a specific customer need and then we're enabling those within the same area that we're deploying that network, we're enabling other organizations to access the LoRaWAN network uh, so that they can drive their 
um, security of, of data transfer, have an enterprise-grade enterprise, enterprise grade network, um, so that they are able to utilize the same infrastructure and, um, and become smarter with the data that they're using to drive outcomes for, for their organization and their community. Shall I understand that once you've deployed the LoRaWAN network in a city, the community may want to reuse it? The same network for any other IoT use cases? Absolutely, yeah. So the network uh, deployment is uh, just like any infrastructure deployment. It's uh, it's a capex investment up front. You've got to put gateways, which cost money. Uh, you've got to put those up uh, and enable connectivity across an area. Now, depending on the type of use case uh, that an organization is using the LoRaWAN network for, will determine how many gateways you've got to put in a particular location. Some use cases need to have lots of gateways because actually the density of the network is required to be quite significant. We can talk about that um, in a minute when we talk about some of the specific use cases. Um, so it, it, it requires us to invest in that infrastructure, making sure that those gateways are uh, put uh, in the right places, you know, based on the radio planning that's done and then the customer profile and what sort of um, sensors are, are out there. Um, and we therefore um, want to make that available, not just to the original anchor customer, but to all customers, because over time, uh, we need to provide that as an infrastructure, just like all telcos do, uh, to ensure that over time, we're making return on the CapEx investment that we've put in up front. You know what, uh, when we reach out, uh, let's say three years ago, um, I was impressed uh, by uh, your ability to drive success. And I try to understand why, in fact. And I think that you applied one of the most important laws of business that is Pareto. You are focused, right? You started as a city-wide uh, operator focusing on smart city. And then you move to uh, utilities and you say, Remy, we're going to be successful in utilities. That will be our focus. We will not develop over use cases first. We're going to enable the market in the UK because we think that utility is one of the main needs of the communities. Could you share some compelling projects in utilities, for instance? Yeah, I mean, we, you're absolutely right. And, and there are a couple of reasons why the utility space is quite um, a, a good anchor case to use. Because, as I was mentioning before, some use cases require a dense network. Now, if you've already got a dense network in place, it means that the network is then going to be able to cope with pretty much any other use case that uh, that, that any organization might want to use it for. And um, in, in this country, unlike in, in others, um, we have our water meters underground, uh, under metal lids uh, in chambers uh, below ground. And so for the water meters to be able to connect through to LoRaWAN gateways. There need to be enough LoRaWAN gateways for that to happen um, because the water companies, they want to put the new water meters in, which are going to enable this AMI, advanced meter infrastructure reading, um, constant readings uh, every hour, and at some points in the day, it could be even four times an hour. Um, they want to, uh, to, to have this uh, constant reading. And they, they want those meters to last a long time. Now, of course, those meters are underground, so they're not powered by uh, the national grid. 
uh, electricity. They're not plugged in. They've got batteries in them. And those batteries have got to last a long time. So the, uh, the need on the network side is to ensure that the, uh, the spreading factor is the right level to ensure the battery life is kept as long as possible. Um, and so we've done a huge amount of work with um, a couple of our customers uh, to, to, to map all of this out so that we know that we can uh, deliver the battery life that the, um, uh, that the water utilities need. Um, so having done a lot of that work and knowing that having a really dense network is going to be a really good first use case, we thought, let's go and work with and see if we can ensure that Laurelland becomes the technology of choice for water companies as they drive from the AMR drive-by meter reading environment to the AMI always connected environment. Um, and so we entered uh, some uh, um, uh, OGU tenders, so it's a regulated tender process, um, and we bid on Seven Trent Water. Now, of course, Seven Trent would have had many others that were also interested in that. Uh, it's a huge region, uh, one of the biggest uh, water regions. Um, and this project was for uh, Coventry and areas of Warwickshire around Coventry. Um, so we, uh, as, as the first project that, that uh, Seven Trent was going to look at for this new type of infrastructure. So we bid on this. Now, of course, we were up against many others and Lorawan was up against NBIOT um, because, you know, that's a, 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 another way of, of enabling the transmission of the data. Um, to cut a long story short, we got through uh, all of the rounds and it was clear that Seven Trent uh, was um, uh, very clear that uh, Lorawan was the right technology choice uh, and that of the providers, because of the work that we had done uh, to prove out how Lorawan would enable this with meters that are underground under metal lids and the spreading factor and the keeping the battery life as long as possible, um, Seven Trent uh, chose to award the contract to us. So we are absolutely delighted about that. And we're in the process now of rolling the network infrastructure out across Coventry um, to ensure that we can uh, fulfill the obligations within that um, contract. Um, and of course, you know, we, we believe that we're going to and, and, and our intent is to do the best job possible so that we can uh, work with Seven Trent to expand beyond just the water metering uh, into other use cases uh, so, uh, you know, uh, mo monitoring of the wastewater supply, of uh, flood, of leakage detection, um, and, and so many other use cases that there could be that would still use the Lorawan infrastructure, um, and also expand beyond Coventry and the areas of Warwickshire that we're putting in place right now um, to, to, uh, to go well beyond and, and, and hopefully one day uh, enable the Lorawan network across the whole of the Seven Trent region. So, Ralph, uh, I understand that you've been, uh, let's say, evaluating all uh, technologies for utilities and now competing with narrowband IoT. Can you summarize in uh, two or three benefits that what, what LoRaWAN is bringing to the customer when you have to compete with uh, cellular IoT, for instance? Um, I think that the... Um... I think that 
that the water meter manufacturers that are using NBIOT will tell you that the water meters uh, on NBIOT can also last for as long as uh, the water companies are working for. Um, I uh, believe that uh, when my team says that they've done the evaluations, and, and in fact, some of my team uh, used to work at water meter manufacturers that have an NBIOT offering. So they come with knowledge uh, around what the um, difference is between them. Um, and our experience is that uh, the battery life is, is just not uh, going to be the same with NBIOT. And I think that's the biggest uh, factor because the, um, the water companies, you know, th there's a cost of, of, of the in and out of, of putting the meters in and taking them out and replacing them. If you have to replace a meter, which is obviously a sealed IP68 unit, so it's, um, you know, it, it's got an integral, uh, you know, battery and, and, and all of that kind of stuff. If you've got um, uh, the need to uh, replace, you're talking about the replacement of the, you know, the cost of the meter, and you're talking about uh, the cost of, of, of getting people to install that and take the old one out and all of those sorts of things. Um, it, it's a, a cost over the life cycle of a contract, which is pretty significant for them to bear. So the water companies have really got to be comfortable and confident that the, um, that the life of the battery is going to be um, what they require it to be, which is which is minimum twelve years up to fifteen years. It's it's a long long time to have a single device with a single battery running. Um, so I, I would say that that is um, probably the most uh, significant. Um, there are you know other things, and, and my technical team would be able to tell you you know what they think the differences are. Clearly, we're a little bit biased because we um, favour Laura Wan, and that's what we specialise in rolling out. But I think the biggest challenge uh, for the water companies has been that. Plus, um, to, uh, um, to to you know we're working with a water meter manufacturer. We're, we're working with Itron, um, who has a uh, fantastic uh, water meter, which actually is broadcasting both from an AMI point of view so that it can connect to the LoRaWAN network, but it's also broadcasting AMR so that drive-by readings can be done. So with the single unit, the water company knows that should there be a challenge on the network, they could do a drive-by and still get the readings. Now, clearly that we would have penalties on us for not providing the robust network, but nevertheless, it it protects the water utility by enabling them to do that. It also means that the water utility can put the meters in places where actually there isn't enough density of water meters to warrant the capex investment of the LoRaWAN gateway. So they can do the drive-by readings until that uh, density gets to the point where it means that actually we should spend the capex to invest in the network. So there's a completely flexible way of enabling the water company to get to where they want to get to with the reliability to uh, ensure that they can have the battery life for the length of time that they need to have it um, on a technology that is really cost competitive because the, the, the cost per meter per year, which is the model that we use uh, in terms of the data transfer. Um, I, I think if you spoke to, to Seven Trent, they would say that actually our cost per meter per year uh, was actually better 
and and you know the, the the reason one of the reasons a big reason why they chose us is because they had to go for you know the most cost advantageous solution um so i think cost is another factor in this as well so ralph uh, i feel like um let's say saving scarce resources like water is very important for you and connexin and more generally Uh, when looking at your communication for the last three years, I feel like uh, helping community improve people's life, protecting the planet, develop local economies in the UK is very, very important for you and your CEO, Furkan. We've been uh, hours of discussion on this. You are not just making business You are transforming also the things in the UK. And uh, uh, can you develop on that? Uh, how can you help more now? Yeah, it, it is really important to uh, Furkan and Alex, the two founders of the company. Um, it's really important to all of us within the business. And it's certainly important to our investor um, that we are driving an agenda of transforming people's lives. Um, big agenda from a, uh, an ESG perspective as well, um, environmental, um, social and governance. So it, it's, it, it's, you know, our mission is all about connecting the, the digital world with the real world. It's about elevating communities and individuals um, because firstly, it's the right thing to do. And then secondly, um, it enables innovation. Um, We were um, uh, we, we we had our huge Connexin Live event last week. It's our annual event. It's a big show. All of our customers come, um, and we had customers such as Sunderland City Council, Liz St. Louis, um, who's responsible for the Smart Cities uh, project. There um, was talking about what Sunderland is doing. Um, to uh, uh, enable its uh, city to be as smart as possible. And one of the projects, and that's the project we're working on with them, is around our platform. So not our LoRaWAN network. Um, they've got an agreement in place that's a 20-year joint venture uh, with, uh, with another organization that's doing all sorts of things around 5G and there's LoRaWAN and stuff like that. Um, but we are providing the platform. And that platform is enabling Sunderland to help regenerate one of the poorer wards, electoral wards in Sunderland, by looking at data points around uh, things like antisocial behavior and um, fly tipping, looking at uh, council tax arrears, looking at uh, benefit claims, at all sorts of different data points. And by utilizing that data, by putting it into the platform, we're able to show Sunderland um, uh, what uh, can be done with that data so that they change the way that they're operating the city so that they can improve the lives of the residents within that particular, particular electoral ward. Um, and that's a fantastic thing uh, to be able to do. And in fact, um, the Connects in Live uh, presentations will Um, shortly be available on YouTube to be able to see. So, so if you're interested, if anybody's interested, they will be able to go and look and see exactly what Liz St. Louis is, is talking about there. Um, and, and that's what it's about. If we are to um, enable councils, uh, cities, uh, you know, utilities um, and health 
um, organizations to improve their services, we have to think out of the box. We have to think differently and innovate for how those um, organizations operate in order to drive outcomes. Because with the best will in the world, although you and I love LoRaWAN, it's a great network, technology, um, we love the platform, uh, we love the sensors, and all of that technology is fabulous. That's what we sell. But actually what we deliver is the outcomes to individuals and organizations. So technology is just an enabler for that. Um, and elevating and helping to elevate those individuals and communities is the right thing to do. I remember um, I was talking to um, uh, Emma Latimer, um, who we know very well. Um, she effectively uh, runs, I mean, she's, she's a, a, a powerhouse and, and a bundle of energy. She runs um, areas within the NHS and we're working with her. And she's talking about an anticipatory care model. And if you can anticipate um, what is likely to happen before uh, a patient, in fact, before they become a patient, before somebody actually has to go to a hospital, if you can anticipate that and actually invest the money through technology into keeping people in their homes for longer, keeping independent living of the elderly or the frail, um, by the use of technology where we can use sensors, we can use a LoRaWAN network, or we can use Wi-Fi or fiber or whatever, um, that then enables alerts to be sent uh, so that individuals, you know, carers can go and intervene and help. But it's all about keeping people at home and safe and investing the money there. Then you avoid those people having to enter the system, the health system, to have a bed in the hospital. And what we tend to know is that um, you know, if we have people that enter the hospital system and enter a bed in the hospital, quite often they don't leave again because the care then happens there and it's felt that they need to continue to be there. That costs a huge amount of money for the state. There's a, it's anticipated with some, something like 45 to 75,000 pounds a year is what it costs to have an individual cared for uh, in the hospital. So if you can save that, by having people kept living independently by the use of smart technology, you're saving a huge amount of money for the state and for the health service, but you're also improving the life of that individual who's been independent all their life until they get to the point where they're a bit older and a bit more frail. Um, and you extend their ability to live independently and it improves clearly their mental health, their physical health, and also it's much better for the family that uh, that person has around them in terms of supporting them. So we feel passionately about the, the fact that if you focus on helping individuals, communities, and organizations create better environments for those individuals and communities, um, that that is going to make the world a better place. And we want to do that through the use of smart technology. Whatever sensors are the right ones, through the LoRaWAN network, into the platform to drive those outcomes, take that data, turn it into insight, turn that into intelligence, turn that into action. Thank you, Ralph. Inspiring. Um, very important that you shared your North Star. And I think it brings an additional motivation to push this massive IoT uh, business. Let's not call it a business, uh, hearing you. Uh, maybe it's a way to transform things. 
Your willingness to play a role in the society is clear. What about enabling the developer communities in the UK, accelerating this uh, IoT of tomorrow, solving problems that people have, of course? Well, we are um, jointly investing um, with uh, Team SY, uh, South Yorkshire, uh, in Barnsley, uh, so in conjunction with Barnsley uh, Metropolitan Borough Council and Barnsley's Digital Media Centre, uh, the DMC, we're jointly investing in a programme called um, IoT Engine. And it's a pre-accelerator uh, for um, startups that have got an idea in the IoT space. Um, they may have an idea, but they don't have necessarily the facilities to be able to make uh, what it is that they want to make. So uh, the great thing about uh, the Barnsley DMC is that there's a maker lab there. So they can join the program. Um, they get guidance through that program. Uh, the, the program's led by Ricky Coles um, and, uh, and ably supported by Lauren Shale. Um, and what Ricky and Lauren will do is give support to those entrepreneurs who are creating new technology, um, will enable them to use that maker lab to actually create the thing that they've got in their minds. And the more people that we can bring through accelerators like this, and there are others um, around, but, but clearly we have a vested interest in making sure that the IoT engine uh, in Barnsley is, is the one that, that we focus in on. By enabling people to do this, we're enabling people to dream about what the future of IoT can be. Um, and, and it's really exciting because people come along and we, we don't quite know what's in their head. They, they then, you know, talk about what they're trying to do um, and we help them to realise that dream. And we also then, because, you know, clearly we're a commercial organisation, working in partnership with that um, IoT engine accelerator, um, you know, they create a technology, uh, some sort of sensor or whatever it happens to be, um, they have an opportunity to then work with us and for us to actually um, commercialize that and, you know, bring that through into customer contracts that we uh, may be uh, pursuing with, with the local authorities or the utilities or, or, or health sector or in buildings, um, for example. Um, so it's, uh, it's a great opportunity to enable innovation, uh, new things to happen, and, and for us to encourage uh, people to dream about what the art of the possible is. And I think that's, that's key and critical. So at the Connects in Live event, we had a keynote speech given by Paul Sloan. Paul Sloan is a friend of mine for the last 20 years. Um, he is this country's leading author on lateral thinking and innovation. I don't know, 30, 40 books to his name. Um, and really inspirational. And he said in his keynote speech, he said, you know what IOT actually stands for? It's innovate our thinking. Because that's what we need to do. We've got technology, it can do amazing stuff, right? And we've got really clever brains within my team and within the teams of other organizations that can work out how to make that stuff work. But we have to innovate our thinking to look at 
dreaming about the art of the possible, if we took a data set from this use case and correlated it with a data set from that use case, what would it enable us to find out? And if we find that out, what can we do with it to drive a new, different and better outcome for the individuals, communities and organizations that we're trying to serve? Um, so for us, it's really important to encourage those new people to come through and to dream and to make that dream a reality through the Maker Lab and through IoT Engine, just as one example of, of, of the things that we're doing to try and encourage that. Sure, we are on the same page. Um, mindset change is the history of humanity, right? And yes. you first change the mindset You help people to think differently, and then you uh, realize a project concretely. But the first step is always, I think, to, uh, to change the mind. It's what you are doing. Could you share the specificities of this very competitive UK IoT market today? And what are the main opportunities that you are seeing for the near future? Well, the IoT market is competitive and i think if we break it down into three component elements there you know to, to provide an end-to-end -end solution you essentially well, there's lots more the technical guys would shoot me but i'm going to make it as simple as possible right you've got you've got sensors so uh, that's cameras it's meters it's sensors that are monitoring something uh, you've got the network connectivity we prefer LoRaWAN, but we could connect anything up we we always talk about being network of networks But LoRaWAN is our go-to infrastructure for IoT. And then you have the platform, which is where kind of the magic happens. You know, the data has to go somewhere for that data to be able to be correlated and visualized and for, you know, um, messages and outcomes and automation to, to, be, to be put in place. Um, and there are very few end-to-end -end solution providers in the IoT market. You've got the traditional... Um, manufacturers of the sensors um, and lots of different sensors competing with each other for the same thing. Um, you've got lots of gateway manufacturers. And again, you know, it's you, you make your choice as to which one you use based on, you know, features, uh, integration capability, um, you know, the power consumption they have or, you know, the price point even. And you, you put all of those together. So it's really competitive at that end. It's, um, as I said much earlier on, it's very fragmented when it comes to the LoRaWAN network piece. You've got uh, you know, non-enterprise grade networks in various different pockets, you've got people trying it out, and then you've got providers like us that are providing you know, a great uh, LoRaWAN infrastructure that people can use with that enterprise grade. And then at the other end, you've got the platforms. And I don't know what the number is, but I would say, you know, let's say 30, 40 different platforms, some of which will integrate lots of different data sets. Others are very specifically focused on one or two use cases, and they're specialists in, in those sorts of things. So if you're a, a, um, a city council, you are looking at um, your own green agenda, and you're wondering what to do and, and how to capitalize on technology, um, you can look at the landscape and go, I just don't know where to start because it is 
quite difficult to sort of work out what or do I want you know sensor a b c or d that all say they do the same thing and how do I connect it is it LoRaWAN and if, you know or is it MBIT or is it something else and if it is then who do I use and likewise from a platform point of view do I have five different platforms that are specialists or do I have one platform that brings it all together so it's really hard in fact I was at a, um, a local government partner network event in I don't know, November-ish time last year, I gave a presentation on what we were doing with Hull City Council. Um, and I had people come up to me afterwards from all sorts of different local government um, uh, outfits. And they all came to me and they said, we know we need to do something. We just don't quite know what to do. And we feel we're behind. So I say to them, well, you might feel that because actually Hull is well ahead of almost everybody with what they've been doing. So if you just if you use Hull as a benchmark, then you, you're bound to feel that you're behind. Um, so actually, you're not. Let's work with you to work out how we can um, first off think about the outcomes you're trying to drive, and then we'll work out what the right technology choices are and and put all of that together. Um, but I do think that there are. Uh, you know, the first part of what those people were saying to me is right, that they know they need to do something, they're just not quite sure where to start, because it is quite fragmented. Um, and so that's what we're trying to do is to say, look, we are an end to end service provider. If you want to have everything from sensors through network through platform from us, we'll provide that. But actually, if you just want the network, in the case of seven Trent, that's what we'll give you because they've got Itron's water meters and they're using their Tometra platform. So we'll just provide the network. If you want just platform, that's okay. That's what Sunderland wanted. So that's what we provide to Sunderland. Um, and we'll try and help make a uh, um, uh, uh, something simple out of what is quite a complex and competitive environment in the UK. Um, to try and make it easy for them to drive the outcomes which will improve the lives of the individuals in their communities and also help them to reduce costs, uh, which means they've got more money available to pump into other projects like the regeneration project we were talking about before within Sunderland uh, to help elevate those communities. So, yeah, definitely it's competitive, um, but it, it's, it's a rich market. Um, and one which we're you know, very excited about working in because there is a huge amount of untapped opportunity. Ralph, since you are well established in the UK market today, you've taken the lead in verticals like utilities or smart city. What would be the next step for your LoRaWAN public network? Um, I think the next step is to just keep on expanding it. Um, we need to keep winning new contracts, which enable us to uh, invest in the, um, in the network and to roll it out into other areas. Um, and that then enables not just the utilities or the councils that say that they're going to um, uh, you know, take a service and they want us to, to make this investment in this rollout, but it enables anyone and everyone to make use of this technology uh, in order that um, people can start 
uh, innovating and doing different things so that this kind of technology becomes part of normal life so that no longer do I get people coming up to me saying, um, uh, we know we need to do something, but we're not quite sure what to do because people will be used to knowing that this technology exists and can start to think about how to use it in different ways. So for us, it's all about increasing that footprint of the network, enabling that network to be available to anybody who wants to use it to generate and transport smart data, uh, which enables their organizations or their communities to get a little bit smarter uh, and to, to do things differently. So that, that's what we want to do. We want to have a ubiquitous uh, network available uh, in the right parts of the, uh, the, the country. So we've got this national infrastructure um, and just provide it uh, for the, the people that, that need to make use of it. Before we close the interview, what if you could give one message to UK IoT customers today? What would it be? Um, my message would be to think about the outcomes first, and then we can work out how to dream together about what the art of the possible is, right? So what are we trying to achieve? Is it regeneration of an area? Is it anticipatory care model? Is it to marshal the scarce resources that we have uh, of water? Um, you know, we're an island surrounded by water, but actually the water that we drink and that we use daily is a scarce commodity. So let's look at those outcomes first, then let's look at what sorts of data collected in what way, from where, how, using what technology is going to enable the different uh, outcome that you're looking to achieve. Um, and while it can seem like a complex environment, lots of things to think about, different organizations to talk to, we can simplify that. We can help to actually be very clear about what are those outcomes and then what technology will enable you to get there. Um, so let us help simplify it and enable um, UK IoT uh, customers to, uh, to make use of the technology and to drive those outcomes. Interesting. If I want to engage with Connexin for further discussion, what do I do? Uh, well, you can get in touch with me directly. Uh, my email address is r.varco, V-A-R-C-O-E, at connexin, C-O-N-N-E-X-I-N.co.uk. Um, clearly, you can go to the website, connexin.co.uk. You can find out everything there is to know about us on the fibre side of the business as well, because uh, that's really interesting. Um, and you can find out everything you want to know about uh, IoT. Um, but I would say um, this, your journey will start by taking action. So send me an email or get in touch through the website uh, and fill in the form to, uh, to go through to marketing. We'll be in touch and we'll set up a conversation and we'll look at how we can uh, dream up how to use the data to enable the outcomes that you're looking to achieve. Great. So it was an awesome conversation. It was our first episode. So we are honored to, to have you, Ralph. A great thank to Ralph and Connexin. Thanks to the, all of you listening to the podcast. You'll have the recordings on our landing page 
feel free to register on the One Network show. Follow us on LinkedIn. Stay tuned. Next interview to come in a few weeks. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Ralph. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes and sign up for new episode alerts.